From the Selfish Path to Romance, download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. What a pleasure to see you again. You look more beautiful than ever. Tell me, what do you think of this building? I've been trying to take a poll among the guests. A what? A poll of opinion about it. What for? In order to find out what you think of it yourself? And have you ever been with somebody who you ask, what do you think, what did you think of this movie? And instead of giving you their raw opinion or what they really think, they'd say, well, what do you think about it? And what does everyone else think about it? And then they t- make their, then they uh, state their opinion, which isn't their opinion. It's just the safe answer, in quotes, safe answer, you know, that nobody will disagree with. Well, when you do that, you abandon your own mind. And so you don't want to do that. That that drop was actually from The Fountainhead, which was written by my favorite author, the author that actually had the biggest impact on my life. I read her books and then went out and got a life. I became a clinical psychologist. And her name is Ayn Rand, A-Y-N-R-A-N-D. And I read The Fountainhead, and then I read Atlas Shrugged, and then I read The Virtue of, get this, Selfishness. And it's not selfishness the way you ever, ever experienced it or have, or have understood it in the past. It's not I, a me-only view of the world. It's a rational reality-based perspective where you can genuinely pursue your own happiness without ever stepping on other people or taking advantage of them and not letting them step on you. That's key. Too many people let uh, others step on them. Um, And right now, I'm uh, I'm going to turn to the phones and welcome Amanda. Amanda, you have some kids that are out of control? Oh, yeah. Yeah, tell me, how many kids do you have? I have two, a two-year-old and a three-year-old. Okay, and tell me what you would like some help with. Um, they completely ignore me. They're in competition with each other. They, I mean, I buy them all the same toys because it's like I have twins. Yeah. They, oh, they're, they I, always want to play with each other's toy. Yeah. And now it's to the point where it doesn't matter who has which fire truck, they always want the other one. Even of course. Even though they're the same toy. And if I tell one to stop doing something, the other one starts doing what the other one just stopped, and I get the other one to stop, and then the other one starts doing it again. So it, it's chronic frustration for you, and you're probably pulling out your hair at times and saying, why oh, yeah, did I ever have kids? I'm my voice by the end of the day. <laughs> so what, um, you're probably like most mothers, you are, you want them to, what, have peace? My father once said to me, I had, I had two younger sisters, there were three of us that were very close in age, and my father once said, if there can't be peace in this household, there can't be peace in the world. And guess what? There was no peace in the household because we were always fighting. Yeah. So most parents run into that problem. How do you engage your child's cooperation? How do you deal with sibling issues? How do you um, get some peace of mind as a mother and feel competent as a mother rather than have it be a chronic frustration situation for you and the kids? Oh, you're asking so, me that? <laughs> no, I mean, that's the question. Calling you? Right. So, <laughs> no, you know, yeah, you can answer it for me. No, there are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful skills out there. And I'll give you a couple of examples. For one, you're buying the kids the same things all the time. They each get a fire truck or they each get a stuffed animal or they each get something because you're trying to make it equal, I'm assuming, right? Equal and so I don't feel as frustrated when one person has one toy and the other person wants it and I have to do the whole 
you get this for five minutes, and then it's his turn for five minutes. You're... Because that doesn't work out so well. Okay, so what you what the the principle that you want to be able to give them is ownership. It is that they you want them to respect each other's property. That and you equal. There's a title in a book. I'll give you the name of the book in a minute or so. There's a there's a chapter title called Equal Is Less. Meaning equal makes you go crazy. And the example that's given in this book is that imagine that you're a mom and you're making pancakes for your your two year old and your three year old, and you make a one you give put pancakes on their or one pancake on each of their place, and the three year old says hers is bigger than mine. And so what do you do? You say, oh, well, then I will make you one just the same size as hers. And when you make a pancake the same size, guess what? It might have a little bump in it or something that's a little bit more. And so the other one says, no, it's bigger. I want more. You will drive yourself crazy as a parent trying to make things equal. So what you do is instead of treating children equally, you treat them uniquely very important concept. If if one child says, Mom, I want, you, hers is bigger than mine, I would say, oh my gosh, Tommy, you sound really hungry today. Would you like a few more pancakes? Notice what I'm not talking about. Yeah. I'm talking about me and Tommy and his hunger. I'm not talking about how to equal things. She got a fire engine and I didn't. And I'd say, you know, it sounds like you're interested in fire engines, are you, honey? Well, no, but she got one. Well, if you're not interested, what are you interested in? Well, I'd rather have a police car. Oh, fascinating. <laughs> you, know, you, yeah. you, you learn these skills that make it so that you don't go crazy. Also, when I learned, um, let me, why don't you give me another example of something that you're having. Give me a scenario at home that's driving you crazy. That, like, if I tell one of them not to stand on something or walk on something because we have, like, a big hearth around our mantle, the other one will go and do it because I just told that one not to do it. So don't stand on the hearth? Yeah, like, I'll be like, Bryce, no, 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 don't walk on that. And then Cameron will go and do it. So then I'm like... <sighs> you have two little girls? So two, two little, boys. Two boys. Two, okay. So, <laughs> so, uh, um, so I have climbers and I have wrestling and... Partly, oh, wow, there's a website that I would love to give you. Um, uh, if you go to my website, it's Cornelia Lockitches. You could probably Google her. Um, it's guideyourchild.com. I'm pretty sure that's it. Okay. And she works with the very young children, and she gives some free advice on her website. The problem with what you're doing, if I say to you, I don't want you to put your hand on your forehead right now. This is Ellen, me, yeah. Dr. Kenner talking to you, Amanda. Yeah. What What image did I just paint in your mind? Me putting my hand on my forehead. Fascinating. So if I really don't want you to put your hand on your forehead, what would be better for me to say? Put your hand on your head. <laughs> yeah, put your hand on top of your head. Right, or put your hand on your elbow. You, it, when, we, when we give kids negative commands, it's, it's called the don't command, don't do this. We actually paint the picture in their minds of what they're not supposed to do. And many times they do it just because that's the picture that's in their mind. For example, you tell a kid when they're at a swimming pool, don't run, Johnny, instead of 
Hey, Johnny, when we go around the pool, we walk. What image are you now painting? Yeah. And if you say, don't run across the street, instead of, honey, stay on the sidewalk with me, or hold my hand, or see how hard you can squeeze my hand, and then they're staying on the sidewalk with you. You tell them what you want them to do rather than what not to do. If you don't want them on the hearth, you'd say, you know, let's put little rugs in front of the hearth, and which rug would you like today? Okay. What about, like, in the Walmart card though. Oh, there are wonderful skills for that too. Um, I want to give you the, in the Walmart cart, you, you've come prepared. What, what do they do in Walmart? It, I mean, most of the time I try to have food with me and then what happens is either I'm not done shopping and they're talking and screaming and crawling out of the car and switching spots and I'm just trying to look at like maybe something to figure out what I need or even at the grocery store, you know, what stuff I need to make for dinner. Yeah. And they're going on and on and I forget so much stuff because... Plan that in advance then. Have your list in advance. I do. And it's just like I get there and then there's like... Okay. But also know what you'll learn at GuideMyChild.com is they're not necessarily being bad kids. They're being little scientists and they're excited and they're enthusiastic. I went to the gym the other day and a mom was yelling at her kid because the little kid was opening up all the empty gym lockers Mm. and she's saying there are... Four cor- the mother saying to the kid, there are four corners in this room. And I'm thinking, what's going on? She was punishing this two-year-old kid. And I'm thinking, the kid's just a little scientist investigating the lockers. Let her do it. There's no harm done. Nobody has clothes in these empty lockers. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, um, uh, the books are, the book is How to Listen So, How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk. And stay on the line. I'll talk with you. You can go to my website, drkenner.com, but stay on the line and I'll talk with you right during the break. I'm Dr. Alan Kenner on the Rational Basis of Happiness. And if you feel overloaded and extremely stressed, stay tuned because coming up, I will be talking to Dr. Ed Locke, who is an expert on stress and coping. And we'll discuss important ways to reduce the stress in your life where you don't have to put up and shut up and you don't have to be angry with people. You can learn how to cope better with stress. I'm Dr. Alan Kenner on the Rational Basis of Happiness. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by Drs. Kenner and Locke. If you and your partner do not like exactly the same methods or techniques of intimacy, you can informally take turns doing the things each partner most prefers so that each partner is assured of enjoying pleasure. Taking turns should be done with goodwill not with resentment. Resentment results when you or your partner thinks my desires are important and good, but yours are trivial and stupid. And while it's benevolent and loving to fulfill your partner's desires, there may be certain techniques or acts that one partner strongly dislikes. In some cases, a loved one may learn to like something he or she did not like at first. But this is not true in all cases. If your partner strongly dislikes some activity, you need to fully respect your partner's to say no. Download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com and you can buy the book at amazon.com.